And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Cayenne's Night Night Juice. Nothing says night night like Cayenne's. Previously on Cautious Optimism. We find our heroes flying through space at the Cautious Optimism's maximum speed with a missile hurtling towards it. Brace for impact. Three, two, one. Kaboom! Multiple system failures, hull breach, and main cargo area. I would like to offer you another opportunity to simply surrender the Matorb to my custody. I uh, would like to offer you an opportunity to save your crewmate. He's willing to, air quotes, leave us alone for a little while if we give him half of your bounty and this guy back alive. I think what might be better would be for you to dock with my ship and for you or one of your crew to escort my comrade on board. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Cayenne Brunt. A mator. I am a doctor. A nine-foot-tall, four-armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous. Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. I would like everyone to make a perception check, please. Uh oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> hmm. I missed it by one. Five, six, seven. I passed by five. Oh. Uh, fell by one. Hank and I are looking at each other and not where we should be. <laughs> I passed it by six. By six. Yes. All right. So, Kayun. And Rico, both of you, as as this is all going on and as the ship are, are docking and everything, you notice the Bratum patient kind of turn their head a little bit as if they were awake. Just a, It's just a, a little bit, tiny little bit, but they are moving. I think your patient's waking up. Can I make some sort of check to see what he's doing? What, what should I be doing? Make a medicine check, some kind of medical check to assess his um, medical situation. Uh, Success by two. You, okay, so checking his vitals or or whatever, or pouring over your memory of Bratum physiology, you suddenly realize that he may have been awake ever since he gasped for breath. Oh, no. And just faking. That's okay. (laughs) 
I would like to make a pharmacy check. And I would like to give him a dose of something that will keep him nice and asleep for several hours. (laughs) Okay. Rory puts her brick down. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's see how this goes. 12 out of 14. So success by two. Okay. So you, you've given him a little night, night juice and he, uh, he doesn't really react, but your keen doctor skills tell you that if he was awake before, he he's asleep now for sure. All right, I think I think the the interaction goes something along the lines of like, "Oh, hey, you're up, good. <laughs> Looks like you're doing really well. Good night." <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the other ship is in position and waiting for you to extend your umbilical cord to it. Okay, so I attempt to do so. That sounds like a piloting role to me. Is it piloting? <laughs> no, I, I would I would say this is a normal enough thing that we'll just assume that it works okay. here. I'm like leaving like space stations that we usually have to roll for. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Rico, hush! <laughs> I can mess this up. <laughs> now you have ship gum. So both ships are uh, perfectly still, or as not under power at any rate, as still as you can be in space. And uh, the little umbilical cord extends, and the light that tells you if you have a air pressure inside the airlock turns green. Everything looks good. So hopefully we still have the tether, because even though I'm walking out to the airlock and they're shutting it behind me, I'd like to be tethered to, to my own daggone ship. Yeah, okay. I like it. And so, yeah, as soon as I'm, I'm able and things are pressurized, I want to wheel the less than good gurney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, uh, I want to take some of the duct tape and tape the uh, credit stick to the uh, Bratton's forehead. <laughs> okay. And the Bratton does not have his helmet on, right? Because Hank yeah. is keeping that for the yeah. copy machine? Yeah. That's correct. Okay. So... <laughs> We have a real cool sci-fi shot of two spaceships connected by an umbilical cord. And as the camera zooms in, you see a lady pushing a busted up uh, gurney with an alien with a uh, credit chip taped to his forehead. And I want to yell out, Captain, make sure you kick the faulty wheel or it's going to hang up on you. (laughs) Thanks, Hank. It It has been squeaking. (laughs) <laughs> she's going across the bay uh when you get about you get about halfway and I, you're stopping at the halfway point right correct and then you see the door on the other side you know on the other ship um airlock door opens and a person wearing al- almost an identical suit to the the one that you have on the gurney now but he has his helmet on uh appears in the door he has a laser pistol on his hip, and his hand is right over it, but he's not touching the gun at the moment. Mm-hmm. And he begins slowly walking towards you, slowly walking. I say, uh, you didn't bring a gurney? How are you going to carry your guy back? The helmet just shakes left and right, because that's universal, I guess, for no. Okay. He gets close to you, and then using his left hand, he picks up his friend, 
and puts them over his shoulder, keeping his right hand by the pistol all the time. And he starts slowly backing up, still looking at you. I do the same. I back up with the gurney. With the gurney. All right. (laughs) And as he gets almost all the way back, he uses one of his other two arms to whip out a concealed laser blaster and takes a shot at you. Oh, thank God I've got this gurney. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big deal because Bradham don't acknowledge their lower two arms. This is a pretty big deal situation as well. But uh, but yeah, culturally, that's a taboo. Now, I have fast draw. You have fast draw? Are you going to take a shot at him? If I see him take a shot at me, I'm not going to let him get a shot off if I can stop it. I mean, he's fast drawing too. Let's just go ahead and say both of these shots happen at exactly the same time. All right. Let's roll. I just made it. <laughs> I've got a 14. I rolled a 14. He failed by two. So his shot goes wide and just hits your spaceship, basically. It goes past you and hits the ship. Mm-hmm. And you hit him. All right. Roll damage. Where's my damage? I can never remember. It's 3D something. It, it, it'll, it'll be on the gun itself. What kind of yeah. gun do you have? It's the, the auto pistol, but it's, it's 3D and it's PI plus. Oh, well, it's 3D6. Okay. And then PI is piercing and plus That's is right. just... Whatever the plus is. Okay. 16? Yeah. Okay. I have woefully underpowered my badass bounty hunters. These these guys kind of stink. Okay. So <laughs> he missed and you shot him square in the chest. <laughs> he falls over backwards into his own ship and the uh, airlock closes automatically. Rory, what what do you and your crew do? So he's on his ship? He fell over backwards into his ship, yes. And the airlock closed automatically. I run as hard as I can up that umbilical cord and try to open up that airlock that he just fell into. Oh, you're going on the attack. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since we're linked up, I mean, can we try to uh, hack it for her to get into it? Yes, you can. Yeah, I'm relaying this to them as I'm running. Yeah, in fact, that makes a lot of sense. I think when Rory gets there, the airlock is locked. The airlock door is locked. I'm going to get back on my keyboard and yeah. furiously type to override their locking system. This is a uh, Hank and Rico computers role. Yeah, this is um, success by huh, nine. Okay, he doesn't need my help. Rico's still just trying to like fish her iPad out again because she's put it down <laughs> somewhere. And like in the meantime, Hank's like, oh, like, whoa. Eureka. <laughs> there was something on the counter that she had to stop and knock off. Yeah. She, could con- <laughs> she just got, she's still very upset about this whole coffee situation. So she's probably like trying to work out what we're going to do with the helmet to make the coffee situation. Like she's engineering some coffee solution over in the corner. It's fair. Who knows? It's totally fair. You're like, hey, there's some life and death stuff going on over here. If you, okay, you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cats, man. Um. <laughs> All right. The, uh, the door opens and Rory, you see, you see both of the uh, badass bounty hunters on the floor. The uh, captain is getting up, but he's badly hurt. And shoot him again. I shoot him again. 
Okay. My intention is to kill him. Make an attack roll. <laughs> Give yourself a plus two. You know, make the what you need to hit is too higher than normal because he's prone. Okay. Now this isn't fast draw. This is just gun, correct? I think so. So I succeeded by five normally. So I succeeded by three. All right. Roll damage. Four. Okay. He is uh, not moving anymore. I shoot him again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she wants him really, really dead. Actually dead. Totally dead. Do, am I safe to assume that he's dead? It, it seems that way. I mean, you could call you could call your doctor over to verify it, but he's not moving. And and I won't make you roll for if you want to shoot him again because he's a stationary object now. Well, no, you may want to make me roll because I want to shoot the other guy and kill him too. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but he's asleep. He's drugged to sleep. So yeah, that's. Oh, no, he's dead now. Fucking up. Yeah, I succeeded by nine. All right. <laughs> roll damage. People are going to learn to not come on my ship and shoot at it. Yeah. And threaten my friends. <laughs> and so let's see. And that's for eight damage. And he was just barely patched up. I mean, he was. Yeah. His heart was not beating a few minutes ago. So, yeah. Okay. You uh, you very coolly have, what, shot them both in the head, I guess? I mean, that would be where I would have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they, they both have big holes in their heads now. Okay. <laughs> yep. From where I'm at inside their ship, what can I see from where I am? Like layout. Cause I'm looking for somebody else on this ship. Okay. So this, this ship is, uh, it's smaller than, than yours. It, uh, it appears that you're in their airlock room also kind of doubles as what would be a, a cargo bay, but it's a very tiny one. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there is a hallway that goes down from imagine like a, a train, right? Where the hallway is like on like one side and then there are, are rooms to the right, but the hallway just goes straight all the way down to the end of the train. Mm-hmm. It's like that. And all the way at the end is uh, the cockpit. And it looks like there's two rooms between you and the cockpit off to the side. And I want to relay back to the, to the rest of the team. Uh, Hank, you might want to suit up and come over here and, uh, start looking around i'm gonna go clear the other rooms for threats yeah i imagine i only took my helmet off earlier so i'll do that all right so as rory goes down the hallway and you peer cautiously into the first room and that appears to be uh like an engineering room Mm -hmm. you see controls and whatnot for uh the engines and mechanics and stuff and make a perception roll success by four you notice that there is a blinking red light on one of the consoles that catches your eye. I would like to go and examine that light. You're hindered by the fact that you don't speak Bratum, so all of the words and labels don't make any sense to you. I call back to Kyan. What's up? <laughs> What's up? So there's a lot of Bratton written on this ship. Is that something you can read? I should be able to, yeah. Can you get over here safely? Is there atmosphere in the connecting thing? I'm assuming so, because we the guy didn't have a helmet when we came through. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pressurized. Okay, so yeah, he'll go to the other side. He's kind of shocked to see the uh, status of the two Bratham bounty hunters, but 
realizes there's not much he can do about it at this point, and he's going to go join the captain in the cockpit. After you worked so hard to save that one guy's life, seeing a, a hole through his head must be really frustrating. <laughs> well, just the loss of life in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he understands why she did what she did. Like, he's not going to put his moral values on somebody else. He did what he could to save the ones that were under his charge. But there's that kind of satellite guilt of being the reason why this all happened. I get that. And the, and the captain is open to you lecturing her about it later. <laughs> right now, I need to know what that blinking red light is saying. So he's going to look. What is the what is the blinking red light labeled? It appears to be an auto-destruct. Can we tell how much time is left? Yeah, there's, uh, there's about 60 seconds left. Oh, dear God. It looks like this was something that they the bounty hunter guy set before he went out in the airlock as some kind of fail-safe if something went wrong. Sure. I mean, it makes perfect sense. So I'm going to look around really quickly to see if there's anything that we can pick up and take back with us. And I said, and I'd say that to Kyan. It look, look. Well, Hank's over here too, right? Yep. Yeah, Hank's gotten there. Yeah. We got sixty seconds. Pick up what you can. I'm going to grab the thumb drive off the forehead of the guy. The shipcom, get ready. The second we get in the airlock, we need to get out of here. Okay. Make perception rolls. Um, might I offer a suggestion, Captain? Make the suggestion as I'm making the perception. Uh, we've already instituted the program. Surely the Trojan horse can handle the auto-destruct. I tossed the thumb drive to you. I got. I succeeded by four, my perception. I cram it in the USB slot. All right. It starts processing. The problem is it may not be fast enough. You know what I mean? Like It takes a little bit for the program to execute and, and get past the uh, security features. Well, all. then I can lean on my hacking skills and try to speed it along since I'm at a terminal. All right. Let's make a roll. Six, nine, 11, success by five. And I succeeded in my perception, Todd, by the way. All right. Success by five and perception proceed. Okay. So by four. by four. So as you're doing all your hacking things, the ship does start powering down. You hear the engines go offline. The lights go off. All kinds of systems are shutting down. The red light is still blinking. Okay. And as everything is shutting down, you hear a door go whoosh. And Rory, with your excellent hearing and perception, you hear the door in the room next door. A door opens up and you hear something or someone go, from that room. What the heck is that? (laughs) I run over there. My gun's still out, but I run over there. The other room appears to be a detention area, you know, like a little prison. Mm-hmm. And there are four cells. All of the cell doors have opened at this point. And one of them was occupied by a little four foot tall purple life form that you don't recognize. And it's looking up at you going. Rrr, rrr, rrr. So I hold my hand out to it to see if it'll take my hand. It grabs your hand and points towards the uh, airlock area and goes, rah, 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 rah. Yeah, no, we're headed that way. Let's go. Everybody, let's get off the ship. Rah, rah, rah. And take off running. Yes, we're running off. Was there anything laying around that we were able to pick up? <laughs> Any, anything laying around? You know what? Yeah, I, uh, I imagine he'd have some weapons laying around. Yeah, anything that wasn't bolted down that we could put in our arms, we're stealing. We're straight up looting the ship. Yeah, I, I succeed my perception by four, so... 
Oh, okay. Any any medical equipment would probably be what he would be looking for. And I didn't do a perception, so we'll do that. Six, seven, nine, success by three. So yeah, I'm looking for any spare parts I can use on the ship. Okay, so there was a laser pistol that you all saw. Any of you could take it if you wanted. There was a grenade laying around as well that any of you could grab if you want. There was a first aid kit. If Kayun wants to grab that, it's nothing fancy, but good stuff. Mm-hmm. For spare parts, yeah, I think uh, you could have, you could probably have grabbed an armful of uh, more USB thumb drives. Nice, good. So I'll grab the laser pistol and the grenade, and the purple guy. I'll grab the thumb drives. All right, and the grenade. Why not? Yeah, but I'll kick the grenade to you. <laughs> and I'm grabbing the first aid kit. All right, and Kayun's got the first aid kit. Yeah. And then you're hauling butt over the uh, umbilical cord to get back to your show. And as we get into the airlock, I to whoever is around, say, look after this purple, this purple guy as I run to the cockpit. I'll take him. <laughs> Isn't Shipcom initiating GTFO protocol? Yeah, yeah. As soon as you guys all got inside and uh, it started retracting the umbilical cord and you hear the the thumb of the uh, engines accelerating as hard as they can and (laughs) your ship just starts going straight forward. Our V4 engines. (laughs) 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 Exactly. And a moment later, Shipcom reports... The other vessel has exploded. Well, that was a bit of a close call. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Cautious Optimism. And speaking of close calls, this episode is going to barely get out to you all on time. And my voice is about to give up after being back at school teaching. So we're cutting right to the chase. The Todd Quote t-shirt, which says, The GM's incompetence does not equal player success, is now available on the geek to geek Media website. Just go to geek to geekmediacom and click on Buy Merch. And while you're at the geek to geek Media website, jump over to Contact Us. Enjoy the network Slack and Discord servers. We have a relatively active, dedicated Slack channel for As the Dice Roll, and a very busy Discord server with every type of geekiness you can think of. You can stay up to date on all the As the Dice Roll news by following us on Twitter at As the Dice Roll RP, and go check out our Instagram at As the Dice Roll. You can, of course, email us at podcast at As the Dice Rollcast.com, or if you want to leave us a voice message, you can do so by clicking on the link on our website at As the Dice Rollcast.com. So, a bit of a quick one this week as I try to get this out on time, but I will be back on Tuesday, August 10th, with the next episode of What Is Not. Until then, let's see what the crew does now that they've blown up the bounty hunters after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. 
That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. Oh, well, that takes care of that problem. That is good. New problems include we have a fuel leak in the cargo area. We have an oxygen leak in the cargo area. We have a water leak in the cargo area. Basically, the cargo area is messed up. What's the nearest planet we can get to? And Oh, what's the status of the computers? Are any of them safe? <laughs> <laughs> Unknown at this time. I assume they were in the cargo area. I mean, maybe they haven't been leaked on by the water. They don't need air. <laughs> I mean, they might be in space by now. Where we they just, might be. We've just like left them. We don't know. Kyan strapped them down pretty nicely. With everything going on in the cargo hold, I'm afraid to introduce oxygen to that environment. Mm. Yeah, no, I think we need to land on a space station or the nearest space station or nearest planet. and uh, Asteroid even. Do some repairs. So, Shipcom, please chart a course for the nearest safe space. Using the long-range scanners, which I have recently upgraded, you are welcome. Good job. <laughs> Detecting one brown dwarf with a single planet orbiting it that has an atmosphere that you organics could breathe. It is the planet Cran Labadu. It is uninhabited according to ship records, but I am detecting activity. I am detecting multiple energy signatures on the surface. There does appear to be an unrecorded settlement on the planet. So let's definitely land close to that, but not at that. We'd like to find a place like maybe behind a, a nearby mountain or some sort of uh, geological feature to set down behind. Setting course, we will arrive in approximately one hour, assuming the fuel leak does not increase to a point where we run out of fuel before then. All right. Quit flirting, Shipcom. We're going to go check on that. We're going to go do the fuel leak. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. So <laughs> Flirting does not compute. Does not compute. Mm-hmm. So I confirm that course and then go back to where everybody else is. Seems like we need to get this fuel situation under check, Captain. Yes, we need to fix that, figure out what we need to do. We're going to be landing in about an hour. I would like for someone to tell me what this purple guy is. What's his deal? I would like to know if I know what that purple guy is. Let's make an IQ check. I succeed by, I think it's going to be by two. Yes. Yay. You are very confident that you are familiar with all of the species of the League of Planets. The purple guy is not any of them. He, wh wherever he's from, it's from outside the League of Planets. Okay. So I don't recognize the species at all. How much does Caillou know about the world beyond, um, you know, Bratum and the League of Planets? Probably nothing too far out of the scope of the League of Planets, because that's yeah. where his education would have been. Well, what about Rico? Rico knows about all kinds of stuff. Rika might know more. She's a, you know, yeah. she's curious and interested about stuff. 
Rico, make an IQ check. IQ or science? Oh, um, either one. Science would work. Science? Oh, no, 16. She missed. <laughs> she doesn't know. Yeah, it's a mystery. So what's the little purple guy doing? He is looking around. Are you, are you guys in the airlock still or where? No, I figured we had all returned to our respective stations to uh, unload the stuff we stole. Okay. I'm guessing I took the little purple guy with me to the med bay to kind of make sure he's okay. And I'm guessing that as Rico saw an exciting new life form being dragged through the ship, she stopped messing about with this coffee problem and uh, <laughs> has followed Kayun and the purple guy into the uh, med bay and is um, sort of poking at him and making notes in her iPad. And Gosh, this is terribly interesting. Where did you find him? Uh, he was in a holding cell. What is it? Does anybody know? I don't know. Oh. I've never seen it before. What does it make? Hello, do you make noises? Do you speak? Oh, you do make noises. That's exciting. I didn't understand that language, though. Kyan, have you ever come across one of these? I've never seen one of these things before. A whole new life form. How exciting. I need to start a new folder. I'll be back in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) It understood. It took my hand and gestured toward the airlock. Oh, so it understands about companionship and it understands about sort of interacting with other beings. That's a good start. Not least because it is now on our ship. Well, and I think it understood that the ship was going to self-destruct. It starts pointing at its body. It's in underwear at this point. <gasps> and it, it starts pantomiming, like putting on pants and a shirt. Oh, apparently it wants some clothes. Do we have any? <laughs> Do we have any clothes that'll fit it? I don't know. They're not having mine. I'm using them. Kyan, you must have some, I don't know, medical robes or something. He probably has, at the very least, like, because he kind of wears, you know, what whatever space scrubs look like. And uh, and I, I guess he would have, like, a, a T-shirt. I mean, the guy's about half his size, so, you know, he could just kind of wear it like a... I feel like the guy's, like, a third his size. Well, he said four feet, yeah? Yeah. Okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah, so a little, little shorter than half. Oh, well, four feet, my, clo- my clothes will, will fit him. And I'm saying guy and him. We don't know. We don't know that they even have a gender. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are we are misappropriating their gender. We are. Yeah. We are. All right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I go and find like just the smallest of my like t-shirt and shorts that I have somewhere on the ship. Okay. And offer them. All right. They'll be a little bit big, but it accepts them and uh, goes ahead and and puts them on very uh, very happily. And then it starts pantomiming, like putting something in its mouth and chewing. Oh, do you know what you eat? What sort of... Oh. Uh, do we have any rations? We do. Yes. Let's just give him a selection of what we have to offer. It looks over the uh, various rations you provided, and it very glumly starts nibbling on one. Okay. <laughs> I feel you, guy. I feel you. <laughs> It makes a hand gesture where it's holding up like three fingers and shaking them up and down. I think he wants whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't we all? I know. Is he asking for dry glazer? Is that what he's asking for? Does he need three glasses? All right, let's see. So yeah, I just grab some water and and offer him a cup of water. He takes it and drinks. And then he he finds a a chair that that it can get up on and sits down and... 
and she's just sipping its water, eating its little granola bar, and looking around at you all. Great. We've got a kid. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I think we need to help Hank with this fuel leak. Yeah. So while this has been going on, Hank, what are what have you been up to? I'm assessing that fuel leak and seeing if I can figure out any way to fix it since I just used the last of our duct tape. <laughs> I mean, from looking at the computer readouts and stuff, you can see the leak is, it's in the, it's in the docking bay, or not the docking bay, it's in the, okay. you know, the cargo bay. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to have to keep my suit on and take a tether with me to address the situation. All right, you can, you can go ahead and do that. While he's rolling, I'd like to just uh, point out that if he used the last of the duct tape to duct tape the little file thing to the guy's head then it was that really gross end of it that's like attached to the, the roll, which I feel is like a major sign of disrespect. Like, I just want to throw that out there. Like, well done. Well done, group. That that was... <laughs> You're like, if, if they had lived, they would have been really upset at the gross Yeah, they would have been offended. They would have been <laughs> yeah, very right. offended. They were probably more offended by the fact that they were both shot point-like range <laughs> right in the head. And then blew up. And then blown up, yeah. Although, they blew themselves up. <laughs> Strangely enough, though, Rory's going to sleep really well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I am concerned if we're now canonically out of duct tape. That's <laughs> That was a little tongue-in-cheek. I don't know how much duct tape's on a roll, nor do I know how much is, is going to be needed to fix this. And I assume I only needed about a six-inch strip to attach it to dude's forehead, so... Well, yeah, if, if you guys need more duct tape, <laughs> we can <laughs> we can try to uh, find that. You're probably going to need more than duct tape to fix the hole in the spaceship, though. So Yeah, I'm going to grab my mobile, my mobile toolkit and take it with me. I'm going to take a tether with me. I feel like I should call for backup. So, um, uh, Hank calling Rico. Uh, yes? Any chance I could get you to meet me at the cargo hold for an assist in case things go south? But there's this interesting purple thing. You want me to leave the interesting purple thing? I, I, I did find a way to make coffee, so, I mean... Oh, okay. Right. I guess the purple thing will still be here when we've fixed the ship. Um, yeah, okay. I'll, uh, I'll come over. Yeah, come help me, and as soon as we're done here, we'll go get some coffee. Yeah, alright. Alright. I'm in. She very reluctantly leaves the purple thing. It's like we've gotten a puppy. While she's on her way, I'm going to grab her cat, her cat suit, her space suit, and have it ready for her when she gets her cat suit. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, I see where I see where your brain got that from. Makes sense. I think she's already wearing her cat suit. I think that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of attached. Uh, yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, I go and um, yeah, get ready to go and be assistful. Okay. All right. You guys get all suited up and everything, and then you are entering the cargo bay, right? Yep. All right. The uh, the bulkhead that was blocking it off opens up for you, and as you do that, you feel a pull as oxygen from the ship starts getting sucked into the bay and then out into the vacuum of space. So you very quickly step forward and reseal the bulkhead behind you so that you don't continue to lose oxygen and whatnot. And as you look around, there is a, like the entire like right side, starboard side wall of the ship is just gone. And this, this is a huge hole. 
And there are exposed wires and cables and pipes and stuff all over the place. You very quickly see a large tube running through the wall into where the hole is. And then it is venting something out into space where the tube stops being a tube. You do see all 10 supercomputers are where they're supposed to be. They're all strapped down, but they are covered in... I don't know, some kind of uh, char or something. You don't like res- residue from the explosion. Um, I don't think duct tape is quite going to cut it, actually. Do we have any more of those vinyl decals? <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm like, what is the status of our outside vinyl decals? <laughs> oh, dear. At least we didn't lose the supercomputers. You should tell the captain we didn't lose the supercomputers. Uh, Hank to Rory. Go ahead. The another good news, bad news situation. Bad news: there's a hole in the side of our banana bread. Mm. Good news: the computers are still here, but they're a little. They're a little. They're covered it's just in soot. A bit dusty. It's all right. They'll be fine. It'll it'll buff out. How big is the hole? Um, the hole is quite big. I mean, like the whole size of the cargo bay. Oh. Yeah, it is floor to ceiling and almost as far left and right or whatever as the cargo bay is. Essentially, the cargo bay doesn't have a wall right now. Okay. Our inside cargo bay is now an outside cargo bay. <laughs> like a like a screen, we could put like a screened-in porch or something out here. Yes. Uh, gotcha. Probably not entirely advisable, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, um, see if you can stop the bleeding. Until we land, and then we'll go from there. All right. <sighs> yes, I do think that's probably fuel that's escaping over there into the big vacuum of space. Yeah, it's not good. All right, I need to assess the situation to see if there's any type of suitable repair I can make to keep us from being dead in the water. All right, that sounds like a roll. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean on my mechanics. That sounds good. Mechanical diagnostics and that kind of thing. And, oh no, that's a 12 of a 12. Okay, well, you I mean, you guys, you win on a tie, but just barely, barely, barely. So, I mean, looking at it, you the best idea that comes to you is to uh, somehow try to weld this tube shut. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, you know what? I keep thinking of fuel like gasoline, but I forgot these are chloro drive engines and they operate mm-hmm. off of uh, bah, bah, what photosynthesis or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There is okay. there is a yeah. Uh, then I did say I grabbed my tools, and in my tools I have a welding kit. So okay, so this is this is a thing you can do. You'll need to make another another mechanics check. All right. Uh, grabbing my welding gear and attempting to apply weld. All right. Whoo. Success by one. Whew. So after uh, after several minutes of, of working, you have you've you've basically put a band-aid on the tube. Oh, you've welded a little band-aid onto the tube and it does not appear that anything is escaping it anymore. 
I'm going to remove my welding helmet, wipe the sweat. Oh, I can't wipe the sweat from my brow. I've got a helmet That would be a bad idea at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we are not in a pressurized environment, so I would advise against that. All right. Uh, I guess Rico, uh, drag me back to the door so we can get out of here. Uh, sure. I will do that thing. All right. And when you get back inside, uh, Shipcom comes over the intercom and says, Fuel leak has been stopped. We are approaching the planet. Captain should report to the bridge to pilot us down. The ship come, I'm right here. <laughs> okay. Next time on Cautious Optimism. We are approaching the planet. As you go to give him the coffee, he doesn't take it, and you start to realize that he is a good foot shorter at this point than he used to be, and he's hunched over, and he's he's acting like he's in pain. My computer did not find a match for this creature. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at Geek2GeekMedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 